0: I'm Jackie Miller. This is Out of Crazy Town, your guide to divorcing a narcissist. During my divorce and during my time as a divorce coach, I have noticed a huge need for financial professionals truly understand the landscape of divorcing a narcissist. My guest, Victoria Kurloff, founded Divorce Analytics to help people through this financial minefield. Not having enough information about your finances or a clear path forward may make you feel fearful about how to settle. Victoria is here to help you let go of that fear. She is dedicated to providing a fact-filled, data-driven roadmap of your divorce and financials while creating win-win solutions that both parties can agree on. Hello, Victoria Kurloff. Thank you so much for coming on Out of Crazy Town, your guide to divorcing a narcissist. This topic is so massively needed and I am so super excited because I wish I knew Victoria Kurloff when I was getting a divorce. So listen up people. If you are have any fear, anxiety whatsoever about dealing with the finances in your divorce, which aside from custody is usually the number one source of anxiety, this is going to be a huge podcast for you. So thank you for coming on.
1: Thank you so much for ha- having me, Jackie. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Okay. So let's dive in because when we first spoke, I was just honestly like trying to keep my jaw off the ground because I had one friend of my divorce, brilliant woman who's an accountant and she had gotten her certified divorce financial analyst you know, certification, but really she was just so smart when it came to sitting down and helping me. I just happened to have this friend okay, to help me sort of analyze the finances of my divorce. I can't find another one. She's a unicorn. And then you can come galloping in with your horn and rainbows and stars. And I'm like, I've been looking for you. You don't exist in nature. I'm happy to be, have been found (laughs) and you have a company. So we're going to, we're going to tell everybody that they can actually look you up and hire you. So anyway, let's get to it. But I want to talk a little bit um, just about your background and what you do, because you have such an interesting background with a mentor who was your father and just sort of how he taught you and walked you through the early stages of life and and things are important and, and led you to where you are today. So can you just tell us a little bit about how you came to be where you are?
1: For sure. Um well, I am my dad's biggest fan and my father had an amazing life. He was born in America, but we're Russian by heritage. And he actually was recruited um, from the University of Michigan when he was doing his nuclear engineering masters uh, by the CIA and was picked up and bounced around all of these wonderful three-letter agencies during the Cold War. And he moved to the private sector um, right before he found my mom and invented a type of train brake and was selling that in Omaha, Nebraska and ran into my mom at a restaurant and he just decided that he couldn't live without her. So my parents had a very traditional marriage. My mom was significantly younger than him, and they had the division of household labor. My mom was uh, there to take care of me, but the finances and all of the business operations... uh, My dad had two engineering businesses and was gone four or five days a week. And so... Mm -hmm. He realized that when I came onto the scene, I was the heir apparent and I'm the only child. And my mom just never wanted to be a part of the family finances. All of the operations and the money management skills that go around into creating and preserving wealth, that was taught to me from my dad. It started early on. um, My dad was training me to take over the family business. And so I have my first (laughs) uh, board of directors meeting when I was three years old. And I was always (laughs) watching my dad be um, a numerical communicator. He was dealing with engineers who have a very analytical brain and are kind of rough around the edges. And then he had the the executive team and they are a completely different type of animal. And I noticed the more that his executives and engineers had a numerical argument as opposed to an emotional one, they were actually able to resolve conflict and develop these amazing products and prototypes that my dad would then take and sell to um, all of his clients. So uh, my dad was very vested in me becoming um, skilled like that. So when I was eight years old, I wanted a pony. What? <laughs> what little girl doesn't, right? All of us. Yes, we all want a pony. Well, and my dad realized that this was the perfect opportunity to teach me how to do a life cycle cost analysis. Wow! So I went around to the barns with my mom. I asked a bunch of questions, but it actually proved to be beneficial because as I was sitting down to write out the cost-benefit analysis, I realized that I was in all of these other activities like lacrosse and ballet. I had private tutoring. I mean, I was a highly uh, organized child. Mm. And I realized that the horse coming onto the scene would dramatically change my time commitment. So we would take all of the resources put to my other activities and we could put that onto the horse instead. So Yes, the horse was going to cost a heck of a lot, but I was going to be able to free up some resources so it wasn't going to impact the family's bottom line nearly as much. And uh, I'm happy to report that my parents bought me Buster not long after, and it was just the beginning of a wonderful relationship with Buster. That is
0: so amazing. And so audience, if if you can't see where this is going, (laughs) I'll just sort of bottom line it. But it's so interesting because let's just take the pony scenario of the little girl that usually like, please, but I really want one, but I really want one, but I, you know, and it's an emotional plea, right? Of course, as an eight-year-old would do. And you extrapolate that out into divorce, which is also the most emotional situation that you could possibly ever be in. And what you have said is so profound because based on my own experience and then watching others as a coach, Where I found the most progress being made is when you can take the emotion out of it, which is so difficult to do, treating it like a business transaction. And that's what you did with your pony. So for you to learn that at that age is unbelievable. But I see now why you have discovered this formula and why it's so helpful And you are a woman and just most of my clients are women and they are in those traditional marriages that you just described with your parents. And I was as well. And now Victoria, enter your situation where you were in a toxic.
1: Yeah. Well, being the COO of my dad's business, I thought my role in life was to marry a top engineer and to just expand our massive footprint. And I overlooked a lot of the red flags. Um, I didn't quite realize that my mom had some postpartum psychosis issues that went untreated. And I was constantly putting her emotional needs above mine. And that's okay for me to do with my mom. But As a marriage uh, foundation, it was super toxic and I accepted a lot of bad behavior from Voldemort and it wasn't until my dad suffered a stroke when I was 25, I'm 37 now, Um, but when my dad suffered his stroke, that's really when my world fell apart and I had to figure out um, just how to navigate my family through this transition. And thankfully, my dad was always preparing me. He would say, kid, I'm going to end, I'm going to step on God's bus far too soon and you're going to have to take over the family mantle so after I was able to manage the businesses and take care of my mom and dad I then had my own marriage to look at and it was super toxic you know voldemort was a brilliant engineer but he was also highly narcissistic and he was incredibly toxic um, our relationship had gotten to be physically abusive and I always had my dad to solve my problems well correction my dad Dad would not solve my problems, but he would teach me how to find the solution. So with my dad not able to be in that position anymore, I had to go back to what he taught me. And that as corny as it sounds was to write a financial report. And so I ended up creating the first divorce impact analysis report. And I simply outlined all of the financial implications of our uncoupling from um, you know our cash flow Having a spending plan in place is incredibly important. I had no idea how much money we were actually spending as a two-income house. We were able to take care of all of our needs and have uh, money left over. But now we were having to, well, I was having to wrap my mind around all of these financial transitions and how much it was going to cost to stay in my marital home. It was massive. And, you know, we had to have groundskeepers, a koi pond guy, a pool guy. I mean, it was a lot of money going into this property. And I was so emotionally involved with it. I had fallen out of love with Voldemort and put all of my effort and energy into the home. Mm -hmm. And it was harder almost to uncouple from the house than it was from him.
0: I hear that a lot.
1: Yeah. So, By reducing everything down to the finances and also keeping in touch with my goals, right? Um, I have found that as you navigate divorce, you're going to experience something called decision fatigue. And if you do not have a clear idea as to how you want your post-divorce life to look, you're going to make so many decisions that are out of alignment simply because you're tired. Yeah. Your brain wants to throw in the towel and my goodness, if you don't have a clear idea as to how you want your life to look after the fact, it's going to be very hard for you to weave together a settlement that is uh, going to help you support that transition period. So I took all of these factors into play. And I outlined what it would look like for me to keep the house, for him to keep the house, and what it would look like if we downsized and rented. Um, And then I put together a few different proposal ideas, and everything was backstopped with financial documentation. Growing up with engineers in my household, I was aware how financial facts or any facts drive the underlying case, essentially. And so... I understood that in order for Voldemort to keep his narcissism under wraps and for me to resolve the conflict without attorneys... I needed to weave together ideas that were going to help him uh, be motivated to accept them. And so it was pretty impactful. Um, everything happened to this point. Our relationship was toxic. It was abusive. And I did not know how he was going to react when I sat across the kitchen table from him. And I was remarkably surprised because within 15 minutes or so, he had gone through the entire report, verified the values, and decided to go with option A. And I mean it was crazy Jackie because wow. We did not have a good relationship, but the divorce enabled us to really come into alignment with our highest self and he was his best self when he what he was in his business mode. Mm. And I was able to tap into that through the financial report and we came to consensus without having to evolve attorneys. And it was so easy that my friends saw it and they're like, Hey, hold on. Can you help me?
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. I can only imagine. I mean, so many things come to mind here. First of all, it's so great again, that you do what you do and why you're a unicorn because you went through it. You understand the pitfalls of this personality disorder. And even though every divorce looks different and every you know narcissist looks different, I do believe, and I had the same experience when you end, enter into sort of this negotiation, it all, it's a new game for them to play. They're so black and white thinking anyway. And so this sort of fits into their world. They, they always claim they don't want to spend money. And, and I think that they don't want to spend their money, but they want to sort of, if they're going to drain money, they'll just drain the obvious money, right? So that you can't have it. And so yeah. where I find often women losing our power, and I was in that situation, is I was just in the dark. With the finances. And I got so caught up in, is he hiding something? What else is there? Because I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that I never sat down and took a really hard look at what I needed, what it was going to cost for me to live, how that financial future played out. I just kept saying, I got to find more of what he's hiding and then I'll get 50% and I'll be okay. But 50% of what, and what am I going to do with it? And I see this massive gap in the divorce industry with the out spouse. And which for those of you who don't know, the out spouse is the one that doesn't have the eyes on the finances, doesn't, you know, isn't the income earner really. And they're just so in the dark and so terrified about what their financial future looks like. And no one's spending time on that.
1: Well, and generally there's a little financial abuse going on where they are not very forthcoming and they might put you on a grocery restriction. Um, and when it comes to the child's expenses, they are not as generous as they should be. And it's because they do don't have the financial data. It's very easy to label somebody as the overspender when you don't have a historical analysis that demonstrates that the kids are actually, their activities, similar to myself as a kid, uh, they're pretty absorbent. And as you navigate this transition, there is going to be a change in lifestyle. And when it comes to determining your spousal support in the state of California, marriages over 10 years have around 15 different factors that go into this calculation, including the marital standard of living. Now, what that means was what was you, what were you currently spending uh, to support your marital lifestyle? This is where financial analysis wins the day. Um, I conduct a historical bank statement analysis and we go back through the last 12 months and really pull down all of your expenses, but more importantly, the children's expenses. So we help each person understand just where the money is going and oftentimes there's a big disconnect within the household they have not had those financially courageous conversations and so each person needs to be informed but especially the person that has not had access to the funds because when a settlement comes across your table if you do not know how much your lifestyle costs are including what's going to happen with the marital home Can you afford to keep it? And if not, what is your housing situation going to look like? You might actually be forced into accepting a lower spousal support figure that is not going to be sustainable for you and so you will experience a financial cliff post divorce and maybe have to sell the house that you were just awarded and fought so hard to get and
0: i'm sure you have to have some hard conversations you know with clients i would assume i mean you tell me that you know look this is the reality this is how it's going to look i always say it was my opinion that even though i didn't like bad news at least i knew what i was dealing with i know it's harder for other people in this situation that it's like, what do those conversations look like? What experiences do you have in that arena where it's been hard for clients to sort of accept what the financial situation is?
1: Well, oftentimes it goes down to the lifestyle costs and people have no idea how much money is going to actually support their current lifestyle. And so when they uncouple, they now have to spread the same amount of income over two homes. So the lifestyle that you once had is probably going to have to take a hit. And that's where it's really important to work with a divorce coach so you can rebuild your career. So you do have that plan in place. Because divorce is not your destination. This is simply your launch pad. And if done properly, it is a period of rebirth. And with any birth, it is going to be painful. You're going to have to have really challenging conversations. You're going to get bad news. And the most important thing is how you respond and react to it. Mm. So when you have a plan in place and you understand your financial requirements for your post divorce life, you move from a place of fear. In into a place of empowerment and all of these challenging money conversations become easier to be had. And yes, it is still going to be hard, but now you know the facts of your life and how you need to go about asking for either a higher amount of support or reducing your lifestyle expenses to meet the needs of the marital landscape.
0: Knowledge is power and I always tell people even if you don't like something that you hear it's information. And so now we have information to plan your life and move forward and it- it is so simple yet so difficult but you are absolutely right it is a mind mindset challenge but if you can shift that mindset from what i don't have anymore what i'm not getting to this is my opportunity at a new life that's positive that i'm in control of and regardless if if the resources are less or not you know what your resources are And now you, you can plan and it's just such a mindset shift, but it's so important and it will save your life because, you know, the difference between just being down and depressed every day, which you're going to go through that part of your life, it's, you know, you're going to, but then to have support from someone like you or someone like me to help shift that mindset and get excited about it. It's possible. It's possible.
1: It is. And really you're gaining your freedom back and there is no value you can put on that. When you are dealing with a narcissist. Your home life sucks. You do not have a supportive partner. They are gaslighting you. They are taking away. If you're dealing with an insecure narcissist, they're even worse than the grandiose narcissist because they're very covert in their actions. And it might seem like they're supportive, but in reality, they're undercutting you and preventing you from actually becoming your best self. So the divorce enables you to reset the table of your life and to really use this as a launchpad to become your highest self.
0: Absolutely. And Going back to what we were talking about earlier, I do believe, and again, even though it may not be easy, you're still negotiating with a difficult personality. The more facts you come in with, I agree, it's you have such a bigger chance of negotiating with this person and getting what you want, and also shortening the time of this <laughs> divorce. And I think that that is also obviously so important for your emotional health. And you know, you get to start your life a lot earlier, and then you're going to save so much money, even if you do have an attorney, but if you can get away without one?
1: Well, divorce is a financial transaction that has an emotional and a legal component. And when you fail to understand that when you get married, a third entity is formed called the marital estate, you need to spend enough dollars to actually understand what is included, but then how you're going to break it apart. And if you go about it and jump to the legal side, the attorneys, they're trained as litigators. They are conflict promoters. Unless they have alternative dispute resolution tactics and training, they do not have the skill set necessary to manage a narcissist throughout the divorce process. And narcissists are money motivated. I mean, At the end of the day, the only thing they care about is how they are going to be standing after the divorce is over. So when you work with me, we actually begin right there. We understand that the narcissist is motivated by money. So they need to know all of the financial facts. And as long as they are going to be in a reasonably um, amenable place after the fact, they will agree just like Voldemort did to a proposal idea and attorneys, their job is to guide you through the legal process. So that means court filings, hearings, depositions. They're not trained in financial facts, nor are they trained in personality disorders. Now, I kind of say I have a black belt in the dark triad based off of just my life experiences and my client cases when you are able to tap into what makes that narcissist a good businessman, you are actually able to remove a lot of the emotional baggage that they have. And when you talk to them and you engage their business mind, they'll show up as their business self. So you have all of the power and it might not seem like that, but you're resetting the divorce table. You're not letting the legal system, which is actually, unfortunately, if a narcissist finds the right attorney, they are going to bleed you dry. And it is very destructive. So you need to remove that as an option. And by focusing on the financial facts, it makes it so much easier for them to actually put down their swords and to move forward with their own lives. So absolutely.
0: And first of all, I have to comment on Voldemort because I love it because um. I encourage nicknames (laughs) as as a coach. I don't know if that's a very positive thing to do or not, but I do it. I think it's, I think it's helpful. So anyway, that's my personal opinion. So I love Voldemort. I just had to comment on that. And then I wanted to pose another scenario. Mm -hmm. Even if you do get this super litigious, going to scorch the earth anyway, you're trying your best to come in, you know, uh, you know, business minded and leave your emotion at the door as much as possible another area or another perspective that i find you so valuable in is that you're going to need this information with your attorney anyway even if it does end up litigious so if you get it all organized with you, 90% of the battle, the, the work is done. Now, hopefully you have a good attorney that goes to bat for you, but this is all the stuff that you have to get done in the background anyway. And wouldn't you rather have it done with a professional who's completely you know, goal-oriented, get you to the finish line minded, that's an expert in your finances and divorce finances. So to me, it's just, it's the only way to go.
1: Well, the number one document of your divorce is called the financial affidavit. And this is the financial disclosure document that outlines what you have what they have and any separate property including inheritance attorneys are not trained in personal finance So when you are trying to fill this form out, a lot of them don't have the answers for you and they're going to push you off to their paralegal and they have a great role in the process, but they're also not trained in financial machinations. So working with a certified divorce financial analyst is going to not only save you time, effort, and energy, but it's also going to make your divorce so much more cost effective. When you go to your attorney, they're going to ask you, what is your income and expenses? Um, most people don't know that. And it's very overwhelming. And so you'll go back and forth um, trying to complete these documents out. And actuality, you would have been better served to work with the CDFA to help you understand your income and expenses as well as your assets and debts and provide all of these documents. So when you do sit in front of your attorney, you can rock and roll. You're not having to, you know, have an Easter egg hunt that is yielding no results. Important thing for everyone to realize, the financial affidavit is you or key to having a cost effective divorce.
0: And um just to comment on that, and again, my personal opinion, it's not just any CDFA, because I'm not knocking, you know, people with their CDFA, their certification. However, many of them, you know, maybe are financial um, investors, et cetera. And they've gotten their CDFA, which is super is important and is I think all of them just should have it anyway. You know, just you know, it's really good information to have um if you're helping with anybody who's been through any, you know, level of divorce. But when you take some someone like you whose sole purpose now in life is just focusing on divorce and you understand not only the dynamics of the financial aspects of that, but also of dealing again with a super difficult, toxic personality, Mm -hmm. that's who you want to look for because it's like in any industry, right? You don't just want a coach. What do you want to coach for? Divorce, your career, your, you know, just life in general, look for somebody who really specializes. And so that is why I think you're so important there. And then my next comment is this, Sheer overwhelm, what you just talked about the financial affidavit. You're so emotional, and the first thing your attorney hands you in California, it's the FL 142 and the FL 150, and you know, it's similar in every other state. And they're like, Here, fill all this out and get all this information back to me. And I need three years of tax returns and three years of every bank statement we ever had, and I need you to get this, this, this. And it's just absolutely overwhelming. So, you help with the organization too, correct?
1: Absolutely, we do it from A to Z. I understand going through this process myself, all of the uncomfortable emotions that are. Dredged up when you start going through the financial statements. And for my personal experience, I was really good at keeping my head in the sand when it came to Voldemort's drinking and drug use. And it was only when I went through our bank statements and I realized that how many bars he was going to, you know, really how much money he was pulling out of the ATM. But then also in the morning, he was going to Starbucks two or three times because he was so hungover, he couldn't function without six shots of espresso. It really, not only did I have the financial loss, but it was, oh my gosh, this guy's really sick. And having to go through those emotions, in addition to preparing the financial statement, it was so overwhelming. And I understand personality disorders pretty well. I have dedicated a lot of my spare time into becoming a skilled uh, dispute resolution specialist, really focusing on high conflict divorces, because that's where I like to solve really weird problems. I <laughs> love it. I know. And narcissists present that. So you need to be able to really walk through each component of the the emotional phase as well as the financial phase so you don't end up in a legal position that is untenable.
0: No, you're right. Oh my gosh. This just brings up so much just from different conversations I've had with women because you do start going through those bank statements and, oh, what was that hotel for? Well, you know what it's for, yes. but, and you've got to get back to that business mindset and- mm-hmm. (laughs) There are so many minds along the way, bombs along the way in your minefield. And so again, having someone that's been through it and understands then can say, let's get back to creating. And this is my next question for you. Multiple scenarios, correct? That you can present, which I love that you can look at different angles You can decide which angles you think you like the most when it comes to presenting, you know, settlement offers. But then it also gives your toxic ex a choice. And you also help people present them and practice that. Is that right?
1: Absolutely. You need to be able to shift from being their partner into being a negotiator. And that is a huge mind shift change. And part of that is stepping into your business shoes. And as I mentioned earlier, a lot of narcissists are great businessmen and you need to be able to meet them where they are. And that's kind of where I step into place. I have been dealing with outrageous men my entire life <laughs> and there's not anything that they can do that's going to intimidate or scare me. And that's only because I have had this seat time and I really think it's my life's work to be able to support the less financially savvy spouse And to prepare them to take on these negotiations. I mean, this is your life. The divorce is your launchpad. And if you have the right mindset, you're going to be able to step over the mines and realize that the property proposal, you need to be focused on that. And as long as you have both parties' motivations, you're able, well, I'm able to weave these amazing settlements together that fulfill both parties' needs. Because that's really what a good divorce settlement does. And in court, there is a winner and a loser. And Generally, what that ends up meaning is no one, even the winner, is happy with the outcome. So with mediation or collaborative divorce, you have so much more opportunity to actually meet the other person where they are and to come up with a better idea that's going to serve you. And also, it's going to cost you a lot less. You're not going to have to go to trial. You're not going to have to hire you know, all of these experts, you're going to be able to move on because at the end of the day, the narcissist gets their power from keeping you in purgatory, especially when they are the ones holding the financial purse strings and they will bleed you dry. And you have to prevent that route from ever being taken. So, by working with a certified divorce financial analyst like myself that is trained in personality disorder issues, you're able to really understand how they need to be talked to and how to ignore the gaslighting, ignore the verbal diarrhea, at the, the salad, the word salad that they throw at you. You need to not have a reactive personality. And through uh, a lot of experience and training, I have honed myself into their greatest antidote.
0: Yeah. Nightmare, yeah. their greatest nightmare. I love it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, I have so much joy in my life because I am able to take my clients from a place of fear and to lead them through this really challenging time in their life and to come up with a fantastic outcome. And it's gonna be hard. It will be probably the most challenging life event you ever experience. In fact, death is easier because they just go away. You don't have to continue to deal with them and with the divorce you know you're if you have a co-parenting relationship or a parallel parenting relationship with them you have to preserve some of that goodwill because you don't want to put your kids at risk
0: yeah, and yeah.
1: by focusing on the financial facts you're able to really remove a lot of that emotional baggage that accompanies the litigation process.
0: Absolutely. Now, do you I come across really complicated financial cases? And let me just pose this specific example the guy that has seven LLCs wrapped in other LLCs, wrapped in other LLCs. And then there's some LLCs, even with tax returns, that aren't, or ownership in LLCs that aren't super obvious. And how do you untangle that web? And honestly, I was shocked at the ability to hide money and mm-hmm. how, at least from my perspective, still today, and how easy it is. And the learning curve as an outspouse is so steep; you just don't even know what to do with that and and, and who to trust when they tell you, "No, we're done. That's all there is." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, is it? And it, I think that's the speed bump that I see clients hit the most: is that they don't know if they can trust their professional across the table from them that they've hired when they say, that's all there is. We're done. That That's what we've uncovered. And your gut's like, but I know all these other companies he had and all these other business partners he had. And this kind of still doesn't make sense to me. And what if there's more? What if there's more?
1: Well, so it's kind of twofold. I really enjoy these complicated financial cases because it gives me the opportunity to conduct forensic analysis. And you need to be able to trace the funds, especially income sources, I think a lot of people don't really know if their husband's a business owner. When you look at a K-1 income statement, that looks nothing like a W-2, which is what most people get. That's the traditional income statement that you receive when you have a nine to five job. But a K-1 income statement is what you receive when you're a business owner. And you need to be able to have the financial background to trace those income sources and determine, are all of those expenses actually legitimate? And so there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes. I mean, there's a reason why I have a three screen battle station. (laughs) I love it. I can see you in front of your, your,
0: well, CIA comes to mind and your father, but you've got six screens all over the wall and, you know, four technicians and you with your headset on.
1: Calling it's the like shots. That. I love it. Well, and so that's where I really enjoy working with my team of financial experts as well. Because there are some cases that I need to reach out and ask for expert opinions. And so it it's not only like how is your CDFA trained, but it's also who is in their professional network? Do they have the resources? Do they have the skills in order to solve some of these unknown variables? And as my father always taught me, it doesn't matter if you know the solution, it matters if you Know where to go to find
0: it. So well said. Oh my gosh. So well said. And, and you're right. That is also where we all get stuck is we just don't know. We think we might need this other professional, but you can't really find anyone that can vouch for them really well, or, or they do vouch for them, but they're a trillion dollars an hour. And you're like, is it worth my time and my resources? And so having someone that's already connected with people they trust and knows what they're doing and is leading the charge mm-hmm. is just, again, so valuable.
1: Well, and especially in situations where maybe they have a cash business. Um, have they been underreporting their income to the IRS? I had a case like that where the husband was a diamond dealer and he was reporting his income for as like twenty five thousand a month, and they had three homes you know, living this ostentatious lifestyle. And it came to my knowledge that um, as I was doing my forensic analysis, that he had been grossly underreporting their income to the IRS. And so part of my plan for her was to file innocent spouse provision. And so this essentially says, I have not been a part of the family finances. I trusted my husband or my wife. And um, as a part of my divorce decree, I am going to give them all of the liability for the decisions that they made, even though I signed the tax returns. And so if you have a good team that is aware of all of the little loopholes you're actually going to present or prevent yourself from having future liabilities. That
0: is so important. And I'm not sure if this has ever been brought up on my podcast before, because that is something that my brilliant friend did for me. Um, She had the foresight to do, but I didn't even know that existed. And I don't see a lot of attorneys, frankly, doing that or even suggesting it. But it is a fascinating IRS form to fill out because I was pleasantly surprised, I guess, that this form was asking what forms of abuse I endured in my marriage. And I don't know if it's been updated, since then or is any different, but this is a fascinating for it. And it's, it's so important because if you truly have had like nothing to do with the finances or the tax returns, and many of my clients got the like, you need to sign this right now. It's due tomorrow. You know, yes. yelling, screaming, name calling, basically everything from coercive control to outright abuse. You better sign this now. And when asked to explain it or go through it, you won't understand it. You're stupid. You won't get it. I mean, you know, I've heard every possible story under the sun. So the bottom line is this outspouse, really has had no control and no knowledge of the tax returns. And so Mm -hmm. now what you get divorced and the IRS could come back to you in five years and you're liable for all the shenanigans he or Mm -hmm. she was pulling. So this is an awesome option. If it's the right thing for you, you guys to apply for this. So I'm so glad that you brought this up because it absolves you of any wrongdoing on your past tax returns that your ex was you know, doing if they were doing some shady stuff.
1: Well, it turned out that that gentleman ended up getting audited by the IRS not long after the divorce and their tax bill was almost a million dollars. So his tax bill, I should say. So she was able to walk away from this hot mess of <laughs> a nightmare and move on with her life. And if you could imagine he was so abusive during the marriage and then he got this million dollar bill from the IRS, he was livid because not only did he not have anyone to push it off on, he was caught. And so a lot of the times we want the narcissist to get caught and they don't, but sometimes they do. And that response and reaction, you do not want to be around. So most importantly, she was able to wash her hands of him, leave him to deal with the mess he created and move forward. I mean, that right there saved her, not even, it's not even about the money, her mental uh, state was preserved.
0: Well, and also I think, you know, if we're just going to go down this path, I always say let's untangle as many things as possible from this person, okay? So all mm-hmm. along the way during their divorce, there are opportunities to untangle yourself in various right areas um, of your relationship, financially, emotionally, but then here you think you're done, and a couple of years later, the IRS knocks on your door and says, um, you're, you know, lying for five hundred thousand dollars of this million dollar fine, um, you know, and you think you've washed your hands of this guy, and you've got this decent settlement, you're doing okay in life, and now you know, oh, half a mil for something, yeah, to- yeah. I mean, What you know? So yes, let's entangle you from every every area. And that's so that's a really good point.
1: Absolutely. The more you can talk about now and clear out, the better your post-divorce life will be as you hit the nail on the head. You don't want to have to continue to negotiate or have contact with this individual any more than you already have to. And if there's kids involved, unfortunately, they become pawns. So the more that you can separate out now, the easier not only your life will be, but you'll be protecting the children as well.
0: Okay, so let's get into sort of nuts and bolts of like pre-planning. So say you're listening to this podcast and you're just thinking about it, let's talk a little bit about that. But also maybe if you're just at the beginning and you're trying to get all this stuff together, what advice do you have for people when it comes to planning or pre-planning?
1: Well, the first thing that you need to do is drill down on your divorce and financial goals. Like what do you actually want out of this process? And how can you really start striving towards that? And so you I have um, the divorce analytics shop, we have a divorce goals worksheet, and it leads you through kind of outlining what you want your post divorce life to look like. But then we also have a freebie that helps you understand your marital balance sheet. It's called the divorce uh, document checklist, and it's four pages long, it outlines every single asset you may or may not have. And And the first thing you should probably start doing is gathering the paperwork around your house. And so I always recommend having a separate email on, um, you know, a computer that only you have access to. You want to really keep your operation tight and locked down. You do not want to let the other person know that you're thinking about divorce until you have contacted your team and developed the strategy. Um, it is in this time period that you actually will have the most access to financial documents. Now, there's other ways to gather the information as well, but the more that you can gather um, in this window of time, it's going to enable you to really expedite the process instead of having to rely on that person to provide the documents. So. There's kind of two ways that most financial disclosures are filled out. Either one person has all of the documents kind of gathered beforehand and they provide it to me and I fill out the documentation or both parties work with me. Well, I guess there's a third way. Or if you go through litigation, you'll go through the subpoena process and that is miserable because what that actually means is your attorney is going to ask their attorney for all of these documents. They're going to drag their feet. It's going to cost you thousands and thousands of dollars for them to pretty much push you off. And it should take, uh, you know, a few weeks. And most litigated uh, cases will take months before they even have a complete document set. So the more you can actually work together, the easier it is. And if working together is not an option, then you need to be gathering all of those documents. So you can go to my website and download the document checklist for free and just start p- compiling your documents in uh, an online Google Drive or maybe a Dropbox but you need to have a secure repository. And if you have access to their office, well, you know, make sure I always encourage to get a bug detector, right? A lot of a lot of narcissists are not going to communicate with you. So what they're going to do is spy on you. Yes. And yep. it, it's dehumanizing and it sucks. Um, but I've had multiple clients where we found, you know, um, a bug in her car or her closet was bugged and her, she was going to her closet to have all of these divorce conversations. And I'm like, the first thing that we did on our call was I, I had her go to Amazon and get a bug detector. And then I said, you know, until you have that, we're going to only talk when you go out for walks. So you need to be very methodical. Uh, because they, a narcissist by nature, is not programmed to have courageous conversations about their emotions. Let alone if they want a divorce, how that's going to impact them and you. So you need to be very methodical in how you're going about the pre-planning stage. And that's where working with a coach and an analyst is going to help not only prepare your mindset, but you're going to be doing the financial steps that you have to take in order to then file with an attorney. Oh
0: my God, such great advice. And I love it because we need to just be real here. This is the person you're dealing with. I agree. Do not let them see you coming. Big mistake I made. I was so emotional. The only way I could pull the trigger, so to speak, on on filing was to do it when I was in a high emotional state, to basically have the courage. However, Mm -hmm. if I could have gone back and gathered as many documents as I could have over time. And here's another thing. My ex, for instance, was always behind a locked office, always a one-man show, in a building, behind a gate with a guard. Why would (laughs) you... need that. Okay. He was just like, you know, he did not have any sort of business that would warrant that. However, it was always suspect that his offices were always in those scenarios. However, I'll be real honest with you. If I could go back in time while I'm his wife, and this is all community information, right? I would have gone back, gotten his key when he was out of town and gone Mm -hmm. into his office and gotten his stuff. That was my information too, back then.
1: Well, that's where having the right team in place as you're planning this is essential because you have so much more access before you let the other person know that you're going to file and that's also when documents uh, start to go missing and doors become locked so the more you can do in those initial stages and as you said taking a very analytical and thoughtful approach to the document gathering process doing it when they're out of town or you know grabbing a, a picture on your phone whatever it is you know there's so many ways as a wife or as a partner that you can say oh I'm just trying to help. I don't know any better. (laughs) You know, I opened this. I'm sorry. I didn't know what that was, but you know how to placate them in the right ways. And you just haven't done it for yourself generally with an end mission in mind, like the divorce. And so this is really where you get to be your own little CIA agent. You know (laughs) what?
0: You're validating my job so much because there's so many of these conversations I have. I said, first of all, Plain stupid is now your friend. Yes. I mean, you're absolutely right. Like they already at this point in the relationship, I'm pretty sure are are making you feel stupid, making condescending, you know, derogatory remarks on a regular basis about how, you know, what an idiot you are, whatever you're not, you know, you're just not smart enough to do this, do that. So guess what? We're going to take these tactics and things that they were doing to you, and now we're going to use it against them. So- It is a mindset shift. So we're no longer going to be in victim mode. We are now in stealth mode. We're playing stupid. It's now to get you information or you know them best. We profile them and we you know start to use those things. You're absolutely right. It's a mindset shift. We are now using all of those situations to your benefit and you are on the offense. I guess is what I'm trying to say.
1: Well, and in some ways it validates them when you're just like, oh, I'm so stupid. You're so right. I don't know anything. And they're like, oh God, I've been telling you this for years. Now you're finally listening to me. And in some ways that might make them open up to you more. So you never know how they're going to respond. But as long as you feel physically safe, you have a lot more opportunities to actually gain information from your house. I mean, a lot of these guys have in-home offices and- They are held under lock and key and you can just feed them little bits of disinformation to actually achieve your outcome. And you are taking your power back and it is kind of terrifying, but it is emboldening and enlivening because for the first time, you are putting them back on their heels, but they don't know it yet. You're building this case and eventually you'll be able to confront them, but now is not the right time. And if you file, then try to collect all the documents it's going to cost you so much more time, effort, and energy, and a lot of money. And as we have said several times, one of the best ways to divorce a narcissist is to do it methodically and quickly. The longer... The legal process is, the more they will bleed you from your emotional and financial um, standpoint. So,
0: And you know, I always acknowledge this feels yucky because this Mm -hmm. is not your personality. This is not who you are sneaking around and trying to get information. I get it. It feels gross and you are scared and you do need to make sure you're in a safe environment. Do not put yourself at risk because again, you know this person best. However, Mm -hmm. every shred of information you can get before you poke the bear is going to save you massive amounts of time anxiety stress and money I'll just leave it at that but you are absolutely right get that information because it is going to help you so much in the long run
1: and there's other things you can tell them that you're doing like oh I'm interested in getting an estate plan you know my my dad died last year and so for me if I was trying to leave my narcissistic ex-husband I would say well I'm really concerned um, what if I die like who's gonna get my inheritance I want to make sure I'm taking care of you honey I want want to make sure you Voldemort have a, you know, all of the ducks in alignment. So if anything does happen to me, you're going to be able to step into my shoes and vice versa. So you need to have the right narrative. So if you do get caught, you have something to back it up and it's not just this fool's errand. So if you do go down this path, you need to be working with a team that is skilled in narcissism and is going to help you navigate all of these transitions Um, But this is the time when you're in the pre-planning stage to really gather as much information as possible and to take control. A good settlement has both parties coming out ahead. And there are so many ways to do that. But the basis of this is the financial disclosure. If you do not know what the family has, that's okay. Most of us don't have an ongoing balance sheet, which is just your assets and debts. So that's okay. So just start where it is, where you are right now. And begin collecting your information. Start with your tax returns. You know, that's a great place to begin. It's not going to include everything, but it will at least give you an idea as to all of the different um, money making accounts that your family has.
0: And so with that being said, you, you had mentioned, you know, some of the free forms that they can download on your website, which is divorceanalytics.com, divorceanalytics.com. And then you also have some sheets for just very minimal, like $15 and other organizational tools.
1: I recently launched a divorce planning kit. Now there's nine different tools that are designed to help you with the emotional, financial and legal phase. So um, these nine tools are going to help you not only understand the divorce process, but start compiling the financial facts, as well as um, a divorce goals workbook. And this is designed um, to handle All of the mindset upgrades that you're going to have to go through um, as a part of the divorce process, uh, I think I've said it a few times, divorce does not have to suck. The marriage was painful, but the divorce can be a period of rebirth, but you only are going to be able to have a successful divorce when you have all of the financial facts in place.
0: Yeah. And a plan and a plan. Mm -hmm. How else can people, how else do people work with you? Do they just contact you Victoria through your website? What do you suggest?
1: Yeah. I offer free 30 minute consultations And my goal is to help you understand your next steps. Sometimes that means working with me. Sometimes that means working with another professional. But my goal is to really use all of my experience to learn more about your situation and determine the right course of action. Um, There are so many different factors that come into a divorce, and I know how overwhelming it is. So connecting with somebody that has actually experienced and lived this and can give you some sound professional advice is going to you know, really put you in the best position to succeed in the situation.
0: That's awesome. Thank you so much for all of this. Again, I, I call you a unicorn because you truly are, but people, and Victoria, you work with people all over the country, correct? Yes, I do. Awesome. So you guys, divorceanalytics.com, Victoria Kurloff. please contact her, have a consultation, see what her team can do for you. The financial piece of the divorce is so huge and it drives so many of the emotions and there's just a lack of professionals out there that truly get it and understand how to help um, the person who isn't you know that had the eyes on the finances there's a huge gap in a huge need for you so i appreciate you victoria
1: thank you so much for having me on jackie this was fantastic
0: awesome okay thank you so much and uh,
1: we'll talk soon